Hey Cocos, welcome back to episode 51. In this episode, we're going to be talking about creativity. Have you ever been stuck in a creative rut, frustrated with that one thing that's supposed to be your creative passion, or have been producing the same thing for too long? We totally get it. As artists and content creators, we've been there so many times. So in this episode, we're going to tell you how to get out and escape from the circle. Hello and welcome back. I just forgot that we were on video, so I'm just like staring and I just like, you know, unintentional millennial pause because it gave me an error message and I was like, holy, but it's fine. (laughs) Man, this is going to take getting used to like people are going to really see us in our, our, our best in our ways. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh no. (laughs) And for the people who are just on their, like, hot girl walks, um, yeah, I'm glad you missed that <laughs> chaos. Um, hello and good morning or afternoon or evening. Welcome back hello. to the Coconut Grove. Oh, welcome. Katie here. So you get to know my voice. I'm just going to say right now, like, we were talking before we started recording, and Katie was like, I think, like, winter has come quickly and, like, caught me a cold. And I'm like, I am fully in the middle of my cold. You're going to hear, like, weird vocal changes and, like, congestion, and I'm doing my absolute best. I am fully medicated, and I've been drinking water like there's no tomorrow, but I'm so sorry, guys. Like, Oh, it's okay. I, I The raspy voice is always... It, it's always a... It's like an accessory of winter. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to work yeah. it. Like, you just have a little bit of a raspy voice. You pretend that you, you know, smoke two packs a day and you're <laughs> in New York and you're, you know, 65, like living your best and you're rich life. It. Yeah. So you just got to <laughs> own the voice. I'm, okay. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Ashley, should we head to the lounge? Let's head over to the lounge. Cats, welcome. (laughs) The cats are like... I told you. I told you. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. We also, also, like I said, I think all of our collective animals are just, like, not cool with this time change. Like... I'm not doing very well, but like definitely they are not doing very well. They're like, why are you starving me? (laughs) Yeah, honestly. And he should not be meowing, that little rotten boy. He knows better. So I might have to like step off screen for a second while you fill us in. Uh, I have my headphones so I can keep here like listening. But you might have to kick off the lounge while I let this one in. Okay. Um, What is your story and fun update? (laughs) Okay, so I'm so super excited because um, we actually were asked if we would like to do a collab with this newish, newish company. They're called Ephemeral Tattoos, and there are a few locations all over the country. One of them is in LA, and we're going to be partnering partnering with them to do some little baby tattoos in the next couple of weeks. So we have been thinking about what we're getting and what we, you know, what's meaningful, but also like not too hard because the concept of ephemeral is that it's made to fade. So yeah, 
you're going to watch us get tattoos on a video very soon. But it's, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just super excited because I am also like nervous and it's a big deal for me because I don't have any tattoos. And (laughs) you brought it up. You brought it up like maybe twice on the podcast already. I think if not, if not on the podcast, when we've had conversations about the podcast, you brought it up. Yeah. So it was fate. It was totally fate. So I'm just like, here we go. And it's, it's pretty cool too. Cause we're going to be interviewing the CEO, um, Jeff Liu, a, about a week after our appointments and we'll give you all the, you know, we'll spill the tea on how this works and if it's a good idea for you to do it. And, uh, yeah, give you the inside scoop. So I'm really excited for that episode and like just getting a tattoo. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. I I will also let you know like if it's more or less painful. But then again, like than a regular tattoo. But then again, <laughs> I'm thinking of putting it in a very painful place in the first place. Like rib I kind of want like yeah, I kind of want a rib cage. And I feel like that's the easiest one if it starts to fade, like I can cover it up. You know what I mean? But if I wear the right shirt, it will look really cute. So it's probably my Do you know move. what you're going to get? Not yet. I, I have a Pinterest page <gasps> that I have started to build up. Um, oh, have you been doing your mood boards, by the way? I updated my uh, November yeah. mood board, and it's so cute. I should share mine with you. We should, like, exchange. Yes. Be like, what's your mood board? Please, I'm really please proud of do. mine. Like every month, I'm I'm so proud of mine. Honestly, <laughs> um, <laughs> yours are so cool. Yeah, no, I just have one for like general fall on my phone. Yeah, yeah, mine. Well, let's see. Like, turn off the Google notification. But yeah, not that you can uh, really see too much. So nice. But yeah, I love it. And it's I have one on my desktop that I can see because I have like my tabs shrunken down so I can like look like I'm looking more at the camera. Um, and then I can see like on the outside is like the rest of my mood board. It's cute. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. It just like gives you good vibes all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what okay. are your updates? Yeah. Tell us. All right. For the, for the Cocos that follow me on Instagram, you will have seen something rather interesting this weekend. Um, I went to two screenings of movies that are not out yet in theaters or screening or streaming, I should say. Um, and both had like Q and A's with cast and like, uh, production staff. Um, so the first one that I saw was Pinocchio and not the Disney Pinocchio. Cause I think there's like another one with Tom Hanks. This one is by Guillermo del Toro and it's a stop motion movie. And uh, I was so freaking blown away and so inspired by this movie. Um, Like as somebody who wants to work in film and then just like as like a person who feels like Pinocchio sometimes, like I can't, it was like, oh, it was so good. I'm going to get emotional and I haven't got emotional yet, but it was so like, Ashley, I can't tell you. It's like, you'd think like Pinocchio. Like, we know the story of Pinocchio. But what made it so special is, like, the level of artistry in this movie. It blew me away. Like, and, like, the thing is, like, watching the movie, 
I I could like tell some of the things that like were different about this movie than other stop motion movies or other s- tellings of like f- you know known like folk tales I guess. Um, but there were like key differences in it that I feel like were super intentional, and then they were pointed out during the Q and A, and I'm like, yeah, I got that. Like I knew exactly what you were going for. Like for example, they asked like um, they asked Guillermo like what. Um, like led him to like making this movie and he was like oh this movie has easily been in the makes for 20 years it's it, it was it's one of the two movies in my life that I had to make and he was like it's what? it's my story he's like Pinocchio is my story and like you could feel that in the writing um, and then he said something really funny that I just want to call out because I thought it was hilarious he was like um, whenever I have like a really good actor and they read my script, I'm always like, damn, I'm a really good writer. <laughs> like he's like, it always talks of his ego because <laughs> they were talking about like the casting and like how it was to like bring these people. And he's like, every time they get a, like, I have a good actor reading my thing. I'm like, damn, such a good writer. And I was like, I feel that that's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. So they had the, um, voice of Pinocchio there. They had Finn Wolfhard, um, who plays oh shoot what's his name he's one of the kids in stranger things i guess he's the one who who is with um 11 uh what's his name he's the dark haired the main tall lanky one yeah he's the main one um he was there and he is hilarious because he just definitely looks like a teenage boy who just has to go to these things because he's supposed to and um just his demeanor Mike? Is it Mike? No, I don't think it's Mike. Mike is uh, Winona Ryder's son. That's not the one I'm talking about. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, shoot. You're thinking of Will I'm Byers. Mm, see? There we go. Will Byers. They all look so much different than <laughs> like season one. Yeah, oh, my God. They look crazy different. Yeah, anyway, so he was there. Um, and what else? Oh, so the funny thing with with Finn was that he like the the Q and A person was like asking him stuff, and he answered the question. He's like, "Actually, I also have a question." And then he leans over to the filmmakers, and he's like, "How did you do the water scene?" And they start explaining, like, "Oh, it's like you know, we don't do everything stop motion. Like, we have to digitize some stuff." And then they were explaining, like, "Oh, like you know, if we were to put real water." in a stop motion world like it would be so evident that it's fake like you have to use materials or things that don't look like water on purpose in order to make it look like water for stop motion so i was like that's pretty cool wow anyways so yeah that's 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 a bit of a bit of my story bit of my fun update um i did see another movie that same night uh also with a q a i didn't like it as much um but my friend who I went with, she did like it. She called it like a warm cup of soup. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But like not in the same way. Like to me, it was like bland British, like <laughs> like a pot pie, like a bland <laughs> British pot pie. Like it was like, it's fine. Like it was comforting. Like it was like, it wasn't bad, but like it was very British. <laughs> so, but she also didn't like Pinocchio. So, you know, not oh, that she really? didn't like it, but... There, there are some extreme choices that they make in, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there are some extreme choices that they make in, in this uh, Guillermo del Toro version. 
but I I appreciate that. So when them. is it coming out? Uh, it's a Christmas movie. I think it comes out like December twenty fourth. Yeah. yeah, in theaters. Oh, I cool. think it it might be on Netflix. Uh, also, but it is also dropping in theaters, and I would highly recommend seeing it in theaters because, I mean, it was beautiful. And definitely worth seeing. Point a made. Screen. I will definitely be seeing that in theaters. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm gonna see it again for sure. I'm t- I'm gonna take yeah. Nestor because I'm like, oh, it was so good. I'll see it again. Yeah, I'm gonna like that movie is my second favorite stop motion movie after Kubo what? and the Two Strings. Um, oh, well, fun fact. But anyways, I That's won't take cool. up any more time. We can keep lounging. <laughs> can keep lounging onto the around. sunshine medicine. <laughs> Yes. Well, okay, so tell us. Mine is not really quite as <laughs> exciting as your your movies. Those are so freaking cool. Um, my yeah, sunshine cool. medicine. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm like I'm really rolling us back a little bit here. But my sunshine medicine is my new sweater because it's literally keeping me warm and cozy, and it's super cute. It it's is the, best. the perfect coconut grove green, and it says. California. And I looked up the um the shop. It's called Shop Trave Vu. And I guess French name, but uh she's a Latino woman-owned business and she curates all sorts of brands. So it's super super cool. If we're following them now, so nice. Check it out. Sweet. Yeah, what I was just texting you the you? other day. I was like, oh, by the way. I yeah. meant to bring it up like three times how much I love your sweater. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, I have two sunshine medicines um, and one I can show on camera, kind of. So, I've been obsessed. Oh, a little ASMR, too. I don't know if you could hear that. Maybe not. Oh, I was like, were you um, hearing me sniffle? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, I'm eating. Um, dough, which is like raw vegan cookie dough. And this is their pink frosting Ooh. flavor. And okay, <laughs> I'm going to plug the skinny confidential for the second episode in a row, which makes me sound crazy. Um, no, because I was like, I started out. Do you remember how I was like at the very beginning of this podcast? I was like, I kind of like, I like, I don't care for the him and her podcast, but I kind of like it. But like, I, I don't know. I was on the fence. And then, like, now I'm, like, buying, like, their branded cookie dough. I just feel crazy. Anyways, it's so good, though. I'm obsessed. And not in a way that it is, like, uh, you have to buy online on the dough website. Mm -hmm. They don't – I can't get it in person. So, I, like – I had tried their other flavors, and I liked them. But this one, I love. And it tastes like – it's kind of fruity. It's, like, pomegranate, I guess, and dragon fruit. So – that oh my gosh. so good. I know. I have three more. <laughs> I have three more jars in, in the mail on the way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> I told you. And that's, I think I've bought, that's probably my, like, ninth jar. Those will be my, like, ninth jar, I guess. Three, six, nine. Nine? That's, that's like, my third third order of three jars. So, like, nine jars. <laughs> okay. We need to, like, partner with them. <laughs> you can't afford this. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, so they, I mean, I had some, I had some coupons. <laughs> I'll put some coupons awesome. for this. If I mean, it's probably gonna sell out by the time this episode is out because they've been like basically saying every week or every day for the past week that it's gonna sell out and it hasn't yet. 
Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I Should I buy three more jars? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going <laughs> to we we looked at the ingredients and Nestor was like, oh, I can make that. Because the funny thing is Nestor is also obsessed with it. It's not just me. That's why we have to have three jars. It's so good. Anyway, so that's one of my I sunshine I can totally medicines. see him. I can see him taking over and just being like, it's Nestor's dough. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about something like that, too. It's pretty funny. Um, okay, so this other sunshine medicine is kind of um, random. It's just a little unexpected for my sunshine medicines. And it also only became my sunshine medicine like an hour or two ago. Um, Ethiopian jazz. Um, oh, what? So I, yeah, right. So random, right? Like for me to be like, that's my sunshine medicine. Okay. Where do you hear e- this? Okay, I saw it on a TikTok. Um, and they were, they had like the jazz playing under and they were saying something like, oh, when you discover Ethiopian jazz. And I was like, oh, I like that. Like, that's really nice. And so I like click like a hashtag, I guess. And it like brings me to a bunch of other videos where people are like, oh, you have to listen to this like one group, I guess, or this like one compilation or I don't know. Um, they have like 40 volumes of music on Spotify and like there were a bunch of videos being like you have to listen to this volume this volume will make you feel inspired and this volume will make you blah 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 and like i click on one of them and this video is like oh like listening to volume 21 and they had like one of the songs and i was like oh my god that music is incredible so i go to spotify <laughs> and i find this that's so cool this, like this like collection of music okay so it's called um i might mispronounce this ethiopics um they're uh, this collection specifically is piano solos. I don't know if all of them are. Okay, but the crazy thing is, so I'm listening to this as I'm getting ready for this podcast, and I hear this song. Um, I think it's called Mother's Love. And I don't know what this song, if this song is from Ethiopeaks or if it's from something else. Um, but I recognized it because I recognized it from another album that I listen to pretty frequently, and it's a piano album piano solos that the artist FKJ did like last year, the year before, I think like for quarantine. And that's one of the songs I listen to all the time, Mother's Love. And I always thought it was their song, but yeah. Oh, you got to listen to it. It's amazing. Like it just like, I felt my troubles kind of melt away. So I'm, I'm, I would put it on right now, but I'm sure Andy would be very pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Might might ruin our audio. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> Ethiopian jazz. Um, so cool. Yeah. yeah. That's like so outside the box. I love it. That's, so that's crazy, such a good suggestion. But it's like, yeah, exactly. I felt like it was great for our creativity episode too because I feel like that's something you could put on in the background and just like really feel like good and feel happy and like work on something. It's like such – it's such good jazz. Upbeat, not boring, really interesting definitely like it it probably has some science behind why it like makes you feel like good but anyways Mm. i love that you've got me remembering two things i need to talk about later in the episode so i'm gonna write them down Oh, good tippity type okay cool well the next thing is what i'm looking forward to um and i can just go while you're tippity typing um because you're kind of involved in this um I'm going to be hosting a Friendsgiving this year. And I'm really excited. And Ashley and Mike will be coming. I'm really excited. Um, Yeah. So, some kind of delicious side dish of some sort. Yeah. So, speaking of, might as well tell you here on the podcast, Nestor and I had a bit of a 
I wouldn't say argument, but a bit of a misunderstanding on how Thanksgiving goes. (laughs) So I also assumed it would be a potluck style. And then I'm talking about the plans. And then Nestor gets very confused because Nestor thought that he was cooking a full plated dinner for everybody. And I'm like, okay. Right. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's what we were doing. And then he was like, well, what's the point? of Friendsgiving at our place if I'm not cooking everything. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wow. Like, you put that load he on yourself. Really takes ownership. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, nobody wants you to do that. Like, if you want to, that's fine. But, like, nobody's expecting that of you at all. Um, all of us are expecting to provide something that's kind of like the Friendsgiving part of it. Um, so TBD on if we do plated or, um, like, potluck style. I, we haven't we haven't fully oh resolved that conversation yet. That's so. like so incredibly generous of him. Like I just assumed I was doing everything. I'm like, I know. Okay. I know. He's like, I got a whole menu plan. <laughs> I know a whole menu. I'm like, okay. okay. So I'm not sure. And that's why I was like, okay, I'm not going to, if you're the chef, like, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Yeah, you know, just uh, just pay for tickets and uh, show up at six. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so maybe bring board games at the very least. If we don't if you don't bring food, definitely bring some board games and we'll play some. Um, Anyways, so that's That's what I'm looking forward to. (laughs) Okay, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, Yeah, I'm so stoked, too, because like we didn't get to celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, so like. Perfect. This is, this is so nice for us to be able to we like, were gonna, have Thanksgiving round two. Yeah, we were nervous at first that you weren't going to be in town because I know you travel for holiday stuff. Um, but I was like, wait, Canadian Thanksgiving already passed. They're going to be in town. They're all it's mine. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing going on. <laughs> it was perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited. It's perfect. Um, so speaking of not being in town. My uh, yeah. what I'm looking forward to is Nashville. Yeah, so uh, we're heading there next Nashville. Wednesday for like four or five days. Four nice. Five days. Have you been before? Yeah. No. Oh, are you going to live your country I don't girl know dreams? What, to do. what should I do? Okay, well, I haven't yeah, been to definitely. Nashville. I haven't been to Nashville since I was, t- I think, twenty or or younger. Mm-hmm. Like between 18 and 20, I wasn't technically, I could not drink, not to say I didn't, but I technically could not drink. Um, so I don't know what there is to do like bar wise, but I, I am mm. you ha- like, I imagine like karaoke and line dancing have to be like everywhere. Um, there's, yeah, I mean, probably just like a lot of that, a lot of drinking and dancing. That's what you do in Nashville. Listen to music. It's the best. It's a beautiful city too. Yeah, we drove through on the way to my That's grandma's when I did that road trip, Aww. and I was like, "Hi, bye." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a conference, so I'm sure to be busy for like a million hours a day. But the cool thing is, and well, like we're gonna check out stuff, but um, the cool thing is, is like these big corporations that like do the genetic testing in our, in our um, field, they end up like having all this funding and they put on all these incredible events where they like, they fully cater. It's an open bar. It's all, it's free. It's literally free. 
and there's one every single night and there's usually an after party at some kind of secret location that you have to like get the name of through like a weird Twitter feed. It's, it's literally like five days of insanity. So I'm sure to come back just like absolutely exhausted, but I'm excited. It's going to be cool. Yeah, no, that does sound really fun. I mean, take advantage of every free thing that you can get when the company pays for it, honestly. Um, because that's like part of what you earn. So if that's that's the perk, then it's milk it. Um, I know. Yeah. And I think, I mean, at the very least, it's it's very pretty. So um, hopefully you can take a step outside and get some coffee. I think the coffee is also pretty good there, but... Um, is it okay? Yeah. I'll definitely give it a go. I'm sure it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do you want to double take and tell us what your, what's hot is? Sure. Um, so I was pretty obsessed with like getting some good savings at the Sephora sale and I've been needing to like stock up on some things. So I watched about 10,000 YouTube videos and um, stocked up on a number of things and a lot of them haven't arrived yet, but, but one has, and I'm obsessed. And this is my, what's hot this week. It's the Natasha Denona dream palette. I think I'm saying it right. I haven't heard I of will this. Open it. Tell us. I will open it. Show me. You. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It is. It, this is YouTube girl. You got to give me a swatch too. <laughs> okay. You want to swatch? Okay, give yes. me just half a second. I'm going to swatch my favorite colors. Okay. Okay, watch me so watch me swatch. Here we go. These or are listen, my, oh, ASMR yeah, swatch. Kids. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of noise. Okay. It's okay. The cocos believe my... that you are applying. <laughs> and they're desperate One, to see two, the colors. Well, Eyes I've on me. Mix them up Sorry. Now. That was an impulse. Here we go. Okay, guys. Okay. I've swatched my like six favorite colors. All right, Look show at these. us. They're so okay. Wait. They're okay, so nice. pretty. Yeah. Ooh, like, honestly, cute. like look at Very this. Very autumn. Look at this like orangey autumnal. Gold. Yeah. Yes. Autumnal. And like just like the most like Yes, <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous, the, gorgeous the colors for green. That the cocos just heard. People. Oh my goodness! Hey, that's like literally my everyday. I've been holding that back for a year now. So get get ready to like <laughs> see see more of that. Now amazed. That you have video and and we can't we edit amazed. it out. Yeah, I know. So, I I'm sure you experienced one. that on your solo. I experienced that on my solo. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't pause. I have to be seen the whole time by myself. Keep, keep going. I have to keep thinking. Keep going. My brain doesn't like, move that fast. You can't be phased. Yeah. By making a mistake, Man. you're like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like misread something like three times and I was like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reading on the spot is hard to really make a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, okay, my turn. I'm going to roast all of you, biatches, for coming at me about those platform Uggs <laughs> on Instagram, Ashley. <laughs> you oh, straight I'm up turned them on me before we 
<laughs> you straight up turned on me. You turned them all. All of you, Cocos. Okay, here's the thing. I understand the images that you uploaded. I also, I'm like, yeah, they're not wearing them right. They're wearing them like silly little girls with their silly little leggings. That's not how I wear my Uggs with my straps, with my little slingback straps. Um, no, it's fine. But anyways, that's what that's what's really hot up here. <laughs> I want okay, I want I had to bring it I back. give it a fair chance. So you should definitely like do a story of you wearing your Uggs so that all the cocos can be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've been looking at it through the wrong lens. We've been yeah. looking at it through 2011, and it is not 2011 anymore. Yeah. I'll, although I will say, I think I did put on, oh, I went to Ikea a couple of days ago, and I put on, like, this matching sweatsuit with the Uggs, and then I had, like, my jacket over it, and I was like, oh, shoot, this looks very stereotypical. But I went with it because I was comfy, so maybe not all the time uh, I can make it fashionable, but... I will make it comfortable. It's like, it's an easy slip down that slope, you know? Like, you can, like, you can, like, elevate the Uggs to the pinnacle of fashion, but you can also just, like, go falling straight down into the ravine and be, like, in fashion hell. And it's just, it's so difficult to know where that that one last rock is going to be when you, before you make that drop. So I get it. Yeah. I think I think the thing is, you know, for for 2023 early predictions, I think w- we are living in some type of hell, whatever that is. Um, I think people are just like tired of having to care about what other people say. So, <laughs> um, well, anyways, you're welcome. That's for one of my two things. <laughs> yes, we needed something. Okay. We needed some drama, <laughs> some tension. And the Cocos who are too shy to say that they're hot, that's okay. You can come out and say that you also think they're hot. You don't have to hide. We are not afraid. We'll give you another opportunity. I'm planning on doing more polls to get, get, get the fire going. I can't wait. Okay, so here's another one. Let's see if the, if the Cocos like this one. Um, flannel slash dadcore winter. So I'm thinking like... Mm. Nestor put on this great outfit the other day, which was like baseball cap, like like plain, plain navy blue t-shirt with like a sweater and then like a big jacket over. And then he had like the most dad sneakers on and the flannel was like, I don't know. It just looked like he just finished like building a bench in the garage. You know what I mean? So I was like, that <laughs> is exactly a fire dad core fit. Does Mike do it too? Is Mike rocking dad core winter? Fire dad core fit. Yeah. Mike's been rocking dad core since he was born. No, is he rocking dad core winter though? Is he, is he got the flannel? Like that, that like winter? lumberjack vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of feeling He's it myself too. He layers up his little flannels. I, I love yeah. it. I got myself one too. A it's little one from Abercrombie. It's really hot though. Oh, really? cute. Yeah, it's it's really hot. I'm not even kidding. Like, whether or not I agree with this trend, you're totally right on the dad core because um, oh. 
<laughs> I but, thought you meant hot like temperature. I thought you meant it was like too hot for flannels. And I'm like, no, it's not. Oh, I'm no, cold. No, no, no. It's very cold. <laughs> I'm so cold. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's a it's, legit trend. It is. And I think there was like the like at the end of the summer, I think people were kind of like, oh, dad core. And they tried to like make it work for summer, but it was too late because I saw like people wearing like those running shoes and like high socks to the gym. And I was like, you're trying, but it's not quite there because your outfit's really cute. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it needs to bring a little bit of like, yeah, it needs to bring a little bit of ruggedness, a little bit of like, I don't care. Uh, It's got to kind of be ugly in a good way. Yeah. I know. Anyways, okay. Hard to achieve. <laughs> Let's dive into the episode. <laughs> Thirty minutes later, I literally shared this to Ashley. I, I shared this meme to both Ashley <laughs> and our editor Andy, and I thought it was so funny. And it was like a tweet. And it was like forty. Every podcaster forty minutes into the episode. Okay, let's dive into the topic. Um, that's us. That's us. This <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> we really try. We try us but every day. We had a lot to say this week. Um, Okay, Ashley, tell everyone the episode goals. All right, guys. So we are going to sort of talk about the creative rut. That's one way of putting it. I don't think it's going to be like entirely a a rut-based conversation. We'll try to spice it up a little bit and talk about the more positive sides of that as well. And bounce some ideas back and forth with each other, especially on our personal experiences then we want to give you some somewhat actionable ways that you can reset and get out of these these loops or these downtimes and fuel that creative energy. And then lastly, we're going to see if we can like find those ways to push limits. Like I think that's what creativity is truly all about is pushing like either cultural limits, societal limits, like limits of yourself and the way you think or others think. So like, I want to discuss that with Katie and just see where we're at on that topic. So those are kind of the three main points and we'll just dive into part one. All right, let's have a little dance break. Hey, happy holidays. What are you going to get for gifts this year? Oh gosh, such a good question. I actually have no idea. I'm stuck in a spiral of trying to decide what's a good gift, what's a bad gift, and what's just going to get thrown out in January. Do you have any ideas? I totally get that. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, Have you thought about puzzles? Uh, No, absolutely not. Puzzles give me old man vibes. No. Okay, not puzzle. A puzzle puzzle makes an ordinary night feel like a party. Their puzzles feature fun and eclectic designs like my favorite, Balls in Your Court, which show off disco balls because you know I love to dance. Wait, wait, that looks really cute and really fun. What other designs do they have? Okay, so I have picked out my second favorite, which I think is perfect for you. Sugar Daddy, because of course, Nestor is an amazing chef and you guys love fine dining. I'm literally obsessed. Okay, uh, how much do they cost? Let's be real. We're in a recession. I know. I know. Actually, their small bundle set is pretty great. It's $52. But get this. We have partnered with Puzzle Puzzles and we're giving away a gift set for the holidays and one for the Coconut Grove anniversary. Oh my gosh. Okay. Give me all the details, please. Okay. So for the main winner, 
for the Coconut Grove anniversary, we're giving away the four pack of the thousand piece puzzles, which features our two favorites and two other designs, which are Nectar of the Gods and Roll the Dice. Is there a runner up? Yes. For the runner up for the holidays, we're giving away their two 500 piece puzzles. That's cool as a cucumber and pie in the sky. Super cute. I'm literally obsessed. Okay. Where can I find them year round? Because these are definitely going to be more than just a seasonal product. Totally agree. So if you want to go and pick up any of these for yourself at any point in the year, check out puzzlepuzzle.com. That's P-E-Z-E-L puzzle.com. And use our promo code, guys. We have a promo code. C-O-C-O-A-N-U-T-G-R-O-V-E 20 for 20% off your first order. Dang, that's a great deal. Okay, I'm officially stocking up now. Thank you so much, Ashley. You bet. Okay, what is a creative rut? How do you, how would you define that? So I'm just going to like speak from personal experience and hopefully this aligns with some kind of creative person. Um, Let me know if this sort of registers for you. But in my experience, a creative rut is like every sort of thing you try to produce, make, generate, or like think about just kind of comes out like crap. Like it just either you're not me- like you're not able to make the thing you have visualized, you're not able to visualize anything at all, or you just have like no motivation to even start the process. So it's just like this down feeling. It's like there's no flow state and it just feels like so much effort and so much energy to do anything but like your bare minimum, your regular baseline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think for me, it's it's like that definitely like starting the process like feeling like i have an idea that i can kind of like see and it's really fuzzy i can't like make out exactly what the idea is and i feel like the longer i stare at it the less clear it becomes you know what i mean like it becomes blurrier and i think that's when i'm like i'm like feel like i'm forcing it that's when i feel like i'm able to say okay you're in a rut sit down, like just consume something or like turn your brain off. But like right now you don't have the energy to make and that's okay. Or you don't have like the thought to make. Um, so it feels like really disheartening and it feels like, especially I'm sure you feel the same. Cause like as creative people, we feel like that's like our power. Right. So it feels like you feel just like less than average. You feel boring. You feel incapable of everything. Um, so those those are like my creative rut, like I don't know, pinpoints, targets. I I don't know. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, I love what you just said. Like I absolutely feel that. And I know that's kind of like a not a point of contention, but like it's something that Mike doesn't really understand. Like I'll paint and if I don't like what's being produced, like if I it's not that I have to be in love with the piece, but it's just like if it comes out more than like th- different from what I was expecting, I just get like really pissed off. And I didn't really realize until you said that, that that's because like my power is creativity. Like that's my, like, that's like what I'm really like on this planet for. And so when it just like is lackluster, it just makes me feel personally that way. And I just love that you said that because I was never sure why I'm always in such a bad mood. And he's like, oh, you did something with your art and it didn't go well. You're going to be pissed off for the the rest of the day. And I'm like, this is true, but I don't know why. I thought it was just crazy. No, it's definitely an artist thing. And um, 
I, I've seen this image where it kind of like shows the artist process and it's like basically like just kind of this incline and then it's like a plateau forever. And then it feels like it dips, but it then it goes all the way back up and then it like plateaus and then it dips and then it goes back up. It's like you, when every time you feel like you've done your worst work ever, like you are on the precipice of doing the best you've ever done, like reaching like overpassing a hurdle basically and kind of like moving on yeah. to the next phase of your, your hmm. like style or um, yeah, like whatever lesson you've been really learning and focusing on an art, you're going to kind of like learn that and then be able to move on and be able to learn new things, whatever that kind of art so interesting. is for you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Vision feel like that like something. registers in your life too? Like with, with your painting? Totally. That's exactly how, like, if we're talking about, like, visual medias at the moment, like, they say that your ability to assess art is, it grows at a, like, a more rapid pace than your ability to create a visual art. This is probably the same for, like, someone who's writing as well. But I I feel feel like it could apply to a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're like, I feel like I'm constantly like on my phone, like looking at images because I enjoy them, but then it's so hard not to compare yourself. And I know that I'm just like engaging that like ability to critique. So I know my ability to critique art is like here, but my ability to produce art is like here. So there's always that artist gap. And it's just like every, I would say like every three to four months, I get like this one where I'm like, yeah, I've just nailed it. It's like the best piece ever. And then I've started noticing that the time where I love that piece is shorter and shorter and shorter. So like, I would say maybe last year, like I would love a good piece for like a week. And now I love it for like two hours. I I'm literally like already like seeing the flaws and it, it doesn't go back. It's like garbage to me already. Do you, do you ever notice that people always love your least favorite piece. Like, do you ever find people saying like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with that. And you're like, why did you even look at it? I was going to throw it away. That's my least favorite thing I've ever created. Yes. That's such a good question. Um, And I could actually ask you the same. Like, I feel like that's, that's the most critical part of creativity, right? Like is is that pushing boundaries. And the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable about that piece is maybe what makes like the world say someone was brave enough to put that out there in um, some kind of medium and we're just loving it because I like I wasn't brave enough to think that thought or visualize yeah. that thing, you know? Yeah, it's probably like the like rawest that somebody could see your work is like the work that you don't like because there's probably some sort of vulnerability there with it for why you don't like it or like something about it that you're insecure about that other people probably wouldn't even process like because to them they're seeing something that's probably unique you know that they haven't seen before and that's probably why you don't like it I don't know if I just Hmm. repeated what you said um no (laughs) it's kind of like well how I was thinking through it do you like do you have a particular like personal experience of that that brought it up for you that you can think of um with what what specifically like is there like let's say in your you've been like you've been doing art but you've also had a pretty strong history with photography is there anything that comes to mind where you're like it was such a hit but you were really worried about it or always 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess like the first time that I could really point out the experience was when I was learning how to like, so I, I brought it up before I took like an AP art studio class in high school. And that was the first time that I had to do like, um, other mediums that I wasn't used to. So that would come up all the time. Um, especially with my parents, right? <laughs> you know, they'd be like, wow, that's amazing. But it's like, that's your parents. Um, but there would definitely be like paintings that I did that I didn't like um, for various reasons that, you know, other people would be like, that's that's the best thing you've ever painted. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I don't like that compliment. Um, <laughs> or yeah, especially in my photography, um, there will be like, I, I will want to throw a photo out of the, an album because I'm like, it's completely inadequate to the rest. And then somebody will say otherwise. So, yeah. I think that's so interesting. And especially with photography, too, when, like, I feel like your work is compared within a body of work. Like, if you do a shoot, like, you're right. Like, you're kind of comparing, like, one to the next to the next. So it's really hard if there's, like, one image that just is standalone gorgeous but doesn't necessarily fit. So then, like, you're judging it harshly against, like, the wrong metrics because it has to, like, yeah, and with it's photography too, like for me at least, I don't know for everybody, um, you get an opportunity to experiment a little. Like you have your idea of what you're going for before you go into it, but you always have like a moment of let's try this, let's try and see. Um, so there's definitely like moments where I'd be like, well, I tried it, I didn't like it. And then other people would say, I really like it. And then I would say, too bad, I'm the artist, I make the decision, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but sometimes I let other people in. You know, I'll be like, okay, you like this one. You can keep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's right. Like, you bring up a good point. Like, it's really hard. I think it's hard to let go of what you see as like your best creativity, your best product. Um, and like accept that feedback. Like I think we're I think creative people are used to receiving feedback, whether it's literally in like formalized crits or you're selling your work and your clients or your your customers or your critics, or if you're just online, or it's just like for yourself and you have to be your own critic, like criticism is always a part of creativity. And I think. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I think. What do you think? Yeah, I, don't know I was going to gonna like ask, like, yeah, do you do you incorporate that still? Like, you did bring up a good point. Like, I remember taking critique classes or not classes, but like having days of critique in art class where everybody would sit down and look at everybody's work and then we would say stuff. You know what I mean? And I feel like that that did build us up in a lot of ways. I don't think anybody was ever negative or ever saw it in a negative way. I think it gave, at least for me, a healthy healthy way to look at critique like it's not that it's bad it's like if it were me this is what I would do you know and you can learn from it or you can take it for what it is and then leave it like you don't have to accept critique as like fact so yeah, yeah. do you invite critique like do you or do you kind of shy away from it in art or creativity mm. I mean that's then it's really interesting. I think that's like one really huge amorphous question and then one very specific question. So I'll address the specific question first. Yeah, whatever is easier. In, I think, yeah, I got to mull that over. In art, 
I think I actually accept critiques almost to a point of a fault because I want people to be so satisfied with the piece they receive. Like my worst nightmare is for someone to like take a piece home, not like it as they thought they would, and then like never hang it. So I am so, I try to be so ruthlessly like honest with myself and with the client. And, um, like I have redone paintings for people and it, it was, it's been like really upsetting, but I absolutely like praise those few clients that were like honest enough because I never would have learned. And like some of the things were very, very small. Like for example, with, um, house portraits, like I may have got the color just slightly wrong. And it may have been because of the photo I received was on like a cloudy day. And it hurts to hear that like, it doesn't look like the right house. But when I got it right, they were so happy. So, you know, you have to kind of like, take all of it. Um, and just like see what you can learn. But for that specific example, now I tell people like a huge list of things I need to know before I produce anything for them. And I give them like a realistic expectation of what I can possibly conceive for them. Yeah. Um, so and at the end of what? the day, it, it's kind of like it's uncomfortable for everybody. But at the end of the day, like everybody walked away with something from it. Exactly. But that's kind of like you you, like you said, you can choose to incorporate whatever you want, but I think it's important if you really want to like stimulate your creativity, it is important to take other people's feedback, whether or not you change anything for it, because you're going to like, like, like they say, if you read a book or if you live a life, you live one life. If you read while you're living, you live like a million lives or whatever that, that quote is. I think if you take other people's feedback, like you're seeing your art through like hundreds of other people's eyes from their cultural perspective, from their lived experience, literally they might see different colors. They might read something differently. Like, I guess that like an amazing experience to get from someone? Yeah. I think for me, that kind of brings up the point of like, art is always up for interpretation. Like there comes to a point where if you were to listen to everybody, then the art is for everybody. And then it, it kind of just doesn't, it loses its meaning. It loses its purpose. It loses kind of like, uh, the reason why you did it, right? Because I think for a lot of artists, they do it for themselves, most selfishly. And but I think it's like, it's just it's just kind of what we do because it's like this is what we're driven to do. This is what we're passionate about. And and you know we incorporate and we learn where we can. But there is like a certain point where you see some artists that kind of like stand their ground, and they've come out with some incredible work because of it. You know what I mean? It's because people don't like their work that they work even harder on their own style and ignoring the feedback, like hearing the feedback, but kind of like ignoring it and driving even further in the opposite direction into something that they discover is, you know, for them. Right. So it's like, if you take it, you're going to go one direction. If you don't, you're going to go in another. Neither is like the right direction, but I think either way, it kind of like propels you. It, it has to, that's exactly right. And I mean, it depends what your creative passions are for like let's say that you're gonna try to make money on something you're selling there's gonna be people standing in your way that are gonna limit you from selling that thing if it's not what they want to buy so that's really hard um 
but if you're if you have the luxury to create things that are available freely and enjoyed freely, I mean, yeah, you should definitely listen to the feedback, but do what you want. Like just take it for like, oh, that's how someone has perceived it. Yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, because like I mean, some of the most famous artists were the first for a reason, right? Because they were like brave enough to just go against the grain in some way. Um, so if you feel compelled to go against the grain, then do it. If you feel like you are needing the feedback and you're accepting and welcoming the feedback, then I think just continue in that direction. Like your, your artist's mind will know and will kind of like direct you for what you need. You just kind of have to listen to it. Um, yeah. Like how agree? will your, how will your artist's mind like pipe up? Like, is it a feeling? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, it's a feeling it's, it's like thoughts. It's kind of like the whole thing. Cause I also feel like, you know, um, it personifies itself a little bit in me. Um, do you feel the same? Like, do you feel like kind of like driven, like your whole body is like, I'm the artist now. Let's be an artist. Like when we had the mm. art day, right. It's like, I kind of felt like driven in, in all directions. Totally. And I, I feel like when I receive feedback, like that stops me, I get very annoyed, you know, it's like a wall on the highway. Like I'm trying to drive around you. Like, why did you put this here? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, are you good at ignoring feedback too? Like if you disagree, are you able to continue or does, does that usually kind of like stop you where you're at and you're like bored of whatever you're working on now? Oh, that's so difficult. Um, I feel like it usually, it, it throws a wrench in things for me. It really does. Yeah. It's so hard. So I try to like ask for feedback at the end when it's like, it's too late. It's too late. I'll yeah. Less than for later. Time. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I'm kind of a mix. Like, um, I, I try and do the same. I try and ask for the feedback later, but at the same time, like, for certain things that I'm working on, I'm very like set in the way that I want to do it. And I think when I ask for feedback or invite feedback, it's just so I can understand if the eyes are seeing what I'm seeing. You know, it's not necessarily that I have to like change it in order for them to like like it, but I think I just need to refine it so they can see what I see. Do you totally. does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah. kind of nodding along. I think it does. It does make sense. Um, I'm just thinking of like maybe your acting, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, with acting, it's the creativity is really hard because like a lot of it you have to draw from your personal life. So if you're not inspired in your regular life, it's kind of hard to feel inspired to like tap into other parts of yourself, you know? I think that's like the perfect example for like how do you get a creative bump when you have nothing else to give. Like, especially for acting, if it's something that you don't immediately have a spark or a connection with, like, how do you get that out of nowhere? Like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's really funny um, because part of me wants to say it's the job. And then that kind of reminds me of something. Uh, so um, the Pinocchio screening the actor Christoph Waltz was also there. He's one of the he's one of the voice actors, and I love him. I love all of his work. Um, 
he is he is very cut to the point like no fluff no anything and the the Q&A person was like oh like you know is this different is voice acting different than regular acting like how do you do it and he's like it's my job i'm an actor <laughs> i show up i have to act it's my job i come to work i I do the thing. It's not different. Uh, so I think that's pretty funny. And that was basically all he said. Um, no roses to it. Just exactly. It, it's his job. And he was very right. So I kind of I kind of feel like part of me wants to say that it's like. Like, I'm sure if if you paint for a living, like you have to push past the ruts, like no matter what, if somebody has an expectation of you, that's kind of like part of agreeing to share your creativity with somebody like in a contract or like with money, right? Or like on a project. Um, So acting, I feel like is kind of similar in that way. But also at the same time, there are like things that you can do to hopefully like inspire yourself to like want to be there and like want to do the acting. So like for me, it's, I mean, I'm probably for a lot of other actors too. It's always movies. It's always like specific films that just like show us why we're doing what we want to do. And like, show us that like the movies that we want to make are being made or have been made. Like, it's not that, you know, we have to force ourselves into the Avengers universe, you know, <laughs> for as an actor, like there's, there's beautiful work being made. And if you don't make it, somebody else is making it and you can be a part of it. Like, so it's just like mm-hmm. reminding yourself of that. And I think that works in probably every creative field like I think about that in writing too it's like if I if I feel like I want to write like I'll listen to music I'll read poems and I'll watch movies like things that people have written somewhere on something to kind of like remind myself like yeah just like kind of like how how it feels to to have something out there and like what you'd be working for but like I guess the the question I have for you then Cause like, I, I agree. Like I did the same, the same concept applies for me, but, um, like how do you avoid reproducing something that's already being produced? If you, Oh, that's impossible. Yeah. That's impossible. Cause like, that's something that I learned really early on is like everything that exists on earth has already been done before. Like, like if you look back to like the Greek and Roman times, we're doing things now that we think are original, but are not like we're just, we're human. Like graffiti is on tombs of like 4,000 year old tombs, 4,000 year old graffiti. Like we're not original. We're silly little humans talking on silly little spinning little rock in the middle of nowhere in a void in space. Like it's impossible. Um, We're all interconnected, but I think that's the thing that we have to focus on when we're in that creative space is like realizing we're not that unique. We just need to be able to express that experience and have somebody relate to the experience of what we're seeing. So if we're creating something for somebody, whether it is for somebody's viewing or not, like it evokes emotion. That's usually why we're creating, whether it's like joy or peace or comfort or, um, you know, inspiration, it's supposed to spark something. Um, so I think that's kind of like, should be the motivator. Yeah. I think what's when when you've relinquished all expectations or any expectations, like it's supposed to look like something, then you can just like, let it be what it is. Let it be bad. Let it be bad twice, three times, four times, five times, whatever it takes. 
because eventually you're going to change one thing and it's going to be like, boom, that unlocked it. And now you're on that upward trajectory again. Totally. Like, okay, um, so wait, let me just quote yeah. um, from The Haunted Mansion. This quote I loved as a kid. I was like, wow, The Haunted Mansion is so inspiring because it was the freaking crystal ball. What is her name? Madame Leota. And she's oh, like, yeah. you try, you fail. You try, you fail. What happens if you try a third time, you fail again, and you just keep trying or something like that. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, wow. That's so inspiring. Like, oh. You're so right. And then he like breaks into the castle and he saves his wife and he saves the day and he he wins. And that's the movie. <laughs> Haunted Mansion. It's amazing. Anyways. It's so true. Real solid but that's advice. that's true. Yeah, it that's really true. is. So I, I really do think about that actually pretty often. <laughs> of like, you, you, you try, you fail, you try, you fail. You're going to have to keep keep going. Keep going until you finally have done the thing. It's just, that's the loop. That's what you have to do. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to ask, um, we have very specific ways that we feel creative and the things that we do that we consider are like creative outlets, but there's all like, we're just creative people. So we kind of like express creativity in all aspects of our life. So I wanted to ask, where do you express creativity outside of just, uh, painting? Hmm. <laughs> well, that's such a good question. I feel like, okay, I think the podcast, I think that's a big one for both of us. I think like social media, I know that um, is like a weird avenue, but I absolutely love having no, an aesthetic I, I feed. Totally, yeah. No, I totally, <laughs> um, totally understand. You get that. Um, I like to sing in the car to the radio. It's a huge release. And I try to like get on pitch, but it's never right. <laughs> but I love that. And yeah, like fashion, if I can, fashion, makeup, like that's like an avenue. Um, and I absolutely like the weirdest, this is probably the most like bizarre and personal thing I will say today on this episode, but like a calming technique that I have for myself, especially if I want to go to sleep and like, I'm kind of anxious is I literally visualize renovating and redecorating a house that I know in my brain. Oh my gosh. I love that. Did you ever play the Sims? Yeah. Or do you play Sims in my head? Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should just get the Sims and keep playing, play on your (laughs) Nestor has some city on his phone and that's his little stress relief. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So to to kick off of that, are, was that your last one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. To kick off of that, I love to rearrange my house in real life. Yes, exactly. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we've talked about that. Um, but yeah, I anytime <laughs> that I feel like in a creative rut, I feel like the first place that I go is to redecorating my place and like like if it, especially if it's seasonal, it's the best, like decorating for Halloween or decorating for Christmas or fall or winter or summer, whatever it is, spring, um, just kind of like reorganizing and redecorating just makes me fairly inspired. Like freshen it up. Freshen yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I can, I mean, there's so much wall space to use to just be creative with. So I think we're also going to repaint our apartment soon. So TBD, really? by the way, what just plug that in there. We're get, probably a green because <gasps> like our cat, you know, how our couch is kind of like that greenish color, like sea foamy kind of probably not 
in that general area. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be cute. Anyways, um, I also do like makeup and fashion. Totally. Um, but I feel like a Renaissance woman. I'm like, I like, I like theater. I like poetry. I like music. Um, <laughs> and the opera. Uh, and the opera. I like the arts. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit of alcohol withdrawal shaking. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was supposed to be a glass in my hand, but you know, no glass. So <laughs> just the withdrawal. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Anyways, yeah, th- I think those are like the the biggest areas for me. <laughs> <laughs> Renaissance woman. The Renaissance woman, yeah, exactly. No, I totally yeah. see that for you. I think you're more expressive than me. Like, um, maybe that's not the right way to say that, but I think you're more outwardly expressive. Like, you're more comfortable with like those types of forms of art, whereas I'm yeah, more like like the fine. I arts. must write it down in a little. Little piece of painting. (laughs) I love it. It's like I wish I could have that skill though. I mean, Mm, I I probably send you so many of those little tin. Did I send you the little tin on the airplane? Or maybe Nestor sent that to me. Yeah, they Um, flip it open and they Yeah, but he like drew the he drew like what was out of his window and it was just so beautiful and so quick. And it was like he's like 30 minutes gone. And I'm like, oh I would love (sighs) to spend my time on a plane painting. Like I wish I had that. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's so much harder. I feel like it's the easiest ways to express myself are like through my words. Um, so like acting and writing. That's what I was going to get at. Like, do you think that like everyone is creative or is that like, is that like a gene? (laughs) Like, No, I definitely think, I definitely think everyone's creative, but I think there's like, like parental conditioning in some way or like societal conditioning of just like, this is what we do. This is expected of us. We do this. Like if you don't, if you grow up in a family who's convinced themselves that they're not creative and you've been surrounded by people who constantly say we are not creative, then you don't identify yourself as being creative and you don't ever get the chance to explore those avenues or express yourself or get to try in the first place. So people who say they're not creative just don't have enough experience. And I think that's the difference. It's like people who say they're creative have just, they just have more like more hours in the book. That's it. We've just spent more time with this mentality. And it's not that they can't, it's that they just need to put their hours in and then boom, they'll, they'll feel creative. Um, but I think, I think it's innately human. What about you? Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Cause like we all have creativity, like when we're little kids. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, just, that's usually there. And if yeah. it's not like gluing two toilet rolls together, it's because you like to sing, right? Like there's something about you that knows how to generate a thing from nothing. That's just, that's part of all of us. I I, I agree. But um, yeah, I can totally see that some families will squelch that and some families will like elevate that. And so it's right. really hard for those people who have grown up being like, I'm not creative to first of all, realize they are and then find it in themselves and then like actually cultivate it. Um, so like maybe the people that are listening that are like, this episode is stupid. It's not for me. I don't have creativity. Like I challenge you. I challenge you to find that part of you that's been lost for all those years and address it. Because you probably have it. Yeah, I agree. 
And I think it doesn't hurt to, to like experiment. And like, if you try something and you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. Like, like, okay. For example, like I tried calligraphy. I hated it. I hated it. I spent like, I, I did a full hour workshop. I thought I would be so good at calligraphy. I'm so bad at it. And other people got on so naturally. And it's not that I, I didn't have the patience to get better. It's that I just like genuinely could not find the peace and the joy that people were talking about. I'm like, no, I hate it. Um, so that's fine. Like that's not my avenue, but other people who are really good at it, like that's what they're good at. And they're not going to be as good at the thing that I'm good at. Like, I think everybody's a little bit different in that way. Like, so don't push yourself. You know, like, uh, Mm -hmm. like a positive feedback, like that's telling you, like, you're actually pretty good at this, this thing. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the things that we're drawn to, like to watching or to listening, to listen to, or like learn about, I think those are the areas that we should tap into to like, see if we like to also do the thing. So if you're like really interested in like a specific type of music, why not try and learn that to play the music yourself? Like you don't know if you're naturally good at that type of music either. Um, have you ever tried to write a song? Like you don't know until you try. That's so true. Um, so that that reminded me of something I wanted to share with the Cocos. Because um, there was a period of time, probably like COVID times, where I felt entirely drained of all creativity and I heard good things about this book I think it was from my therapist oh tell us this book no um it's called flow and it's by Mahale holy moly there's a lot of letters in that last name c yeah we'll put it i k s z e n t m i h a l y i s yeah no so yeah we'll put it we'll put it in the notes (laughs) we'll put it in the notes called flow and um it's it's decent i'm not sure i would recommend it as like your guidebook to getting going but one piece i wanted to highlight which i think kind of illustrates what we're talking about right now is this picture oh we can maybe do a little snip snip, okay yeah i can see it yeah so um on the bottom it says your skill level. So on the inner corner is like low and then high and the bottom quadrant of the gray is boredom and the top quadrant is anxiety. So like, yeah. So skill across the bottom challenge up the Y and then anxiety on the top and boredom on the bottom. And in the middle is that, that white space, which is your flow state. Ah, interesting. So I thought that illustrates the point. Well, that like you're looking for something that like you're looking for a task, you're looking for a creative venture that is both challenging enough to keep you out of the boredom state. So high enough that you're out of the boredom state, but not so high that your ch- your challenge is too great and your anxiety is overwhelming. But then you're looking to utilize skills so that you're not um, you're not bored for the same reasons, but your anxiety is put to rest. Cause you know, you have like certain abilities that mean you can handle that specific task. So when you get in that, they, they call it the flow channel. You're in the perfect balance of anxiety versus boredom. And if anyone listening has ever been in a flow state, like for me, literally time, time 
is not a thing. Like I can skip meals and I'll tell you I'm a hungry person and I can skip meals, like multiple meals. So for me, when I conceptualize like this negative lack of creativity, I first think like, I just have to get into a flow state. It doesn't have to be like the best creative flow state. It doesn't have to be a flow state for painting or of painting. I just need to remind the brain that a flow state exists and that it can get into them. You know, it could be anything. It it could just be like Like your life. Just like, yeah, get your life into a little flow state. Get into a flow state, like find that that thing. Like everyone's got it. Like there's something you know you're good at and that you kind of enjoy. So just like use that like as your little baby step, get in that flow state, retrain the brain. Like the brain is a muscle. Like it needs to be exercised. So like put it into a flow state every now and again. Or like use the exercise to like get into that flow state. Like step up those little stairs and get into that flow state. And I think it becomes easier over time. You train your brain to get into a flow state with basic things. You can like you said, it's just my job. Like you can jump into that more easily the next time. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's like the repetition of it. Of It just like it feels, I mean, it's like driving a car, right? It's like the more that you do it, the better that you get until you get your driver's license. Like Exactly. Um, but there's no, you know, driver's license here with creativity. Well. Um, yeah. I guess depends. Um, um, did you have any drifter. other... <laughs> did you have any other uh, suggestions? I see that you wrote something interesting over here for um, tapping yeah. into your creativity. Okay, so I was trying to. Find, that's why I was looking down earlier. Um, there, there's this recommendation. Um, I don't remember the specific frequency, but it's brain frequency music, and you can find it on Spotify. Mm. It's a particular frequency. I think it's an alpha wave. Is it? Have you? You're nodding. You, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I is it not hertz? I don't know. Wait, or is that the way is it's it measured in? I honestly don't know, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I just don't know what the state of the music is. <laughs> Shoot, yeah, is it three point two hertz music? I don't know. I'll have to look it up, and I'll have to put it as a story, guys. I'm sorry, but there's a particular frequency of music that. I think it stimulates like an alpha wave. I really, we really need to get See, another person on here with the, the wave knowledge. You know, yeah. we had our uh, hypnotherapist. She knew a lot about that, but we need someone for like concentration waves. Yeah. <laughs> so more. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the, that's kind of what I was wondering with the Ethiopian jazz of like, does it have something like subtle in there with like the music that just like triggers something in the brain? Um, Cause didn't yeah, they say the same thing maybe. about like Mozart? you know? So. Yeah. Well this, okay. So that's probably all very true, but this music is like not pleasant. It is pleasant. It's pleasant to the brain, but it's, it's literally just like sounds like. Yeah. Like just like things. Crunchy, crunchy weird air stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I tried it out one day. I do think it's a him and her recommendation from back in the day. Yeah. But, I think so. um, it like, it just like, it fills the brain's want to think of something else. And it like, it's like putting, um, like the bumpers on the bowling alley and of like your flow state. <laughs> it's like, stay, nice. stay oh, in the flow. You know, it just, it yeah. helps you reduce distractions. It's kind of nice. Have you, um, have you done like white noise, brown noise, pink noise, any of those? I don't know about when pink you noise, but white noise. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's Have you tried noise? brown noise? No. Oh, yeah. So I think brown noise is supposed to be good for creativity specifically. And I don't I don't remember what pink noise is good for. But what those are it, two though? other they're just like it's like the same thing as white noise, but like the frequency is different. I think it's like has something to do <sighs> okay. with that. That's yeah, super so, cool. Yeah, I did like the brown noise. That was nice. It's very I just gotta like, write that oh, down. Very calming. Yeah. Oh yeah, put it in our notes so we can add it uh, for the cocos too. We'll link some brown noise. Okay, done. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Um. Well, do you think we should like jump in to like our more rapid fire like questions about how we can push the limits? Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, push it, push it to the limit, limit, cause we're in it to win it, in it to win it, yeah, something like that. Do you remember? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> I'm so glad. It'd be really embarrassing if I sang all of that and you had no idea. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> I knew. I good. got you. <laughs> the hot girls know. Anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> How do you push your limits? Your creative limits. Honestly, I just like, I think the thing I do is probably very bad for my health, but I basically like don't like set any boundaries for myself. So like, you know that I'm kind of like an unreliable person from like Friday to like Saturday night (laughs) Um, because like often I just, I like tune out and like this is such a bad like it is bad and I'm trying to get better um but I just like turn things off I tune out and I just like zone into my own world this is not every week but this is me just trying to like re like I feel like you need that that. yeah no I feel like I feel like that's totally normal and I feel like a lot of people do that a lot of people have like the moments of like okay I just need my space for like this little gap of time that's like a sign that your body is signaling to you that you have to take your break and you have to take your time off. So you have to like, listen to those. Um, so those are not things to ignore. Um, so if you feel like, if you feel like you're forced forcing yourself or like part of yourself is forcing yourself to do it, it's because you need it. Um, so maybe make time for that instead of like feeling like feeling guilty for the time. It's like, Nope, this is your time. This is Ashley's time. Every (laughs) week this is Ashley's time. Yeah. I think that's totally healthy. I think that's healthy, but I think the unhealthy part is when I sometimes have like three glasses of wine alone and stay up super, super late because I've somehow it's become extremely inspired. That's not unhealthy. It's a Friday. Let let yourself have those because I, I think that's your body telling you like, like you're not like we, we haven't for all of human existence existed on this nine to five lifestyle. Like we have these like parts of us that, you know, are just kind of like part of being human and like we haven't always existed in this society in this way so i think that's just like part of the human pull of just like yeah just follow it it doesn't always have to be so true just like trying to fight like those things that make it better yeah because i mean especially if you're in a creative space like don't turn that off because you never know when it comes back (laughs) at least for me that's so true no 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 you're so right it can be quite fleeting yeah. What do you do? Yeah. What's when I'm thing? like w- when I need to push myself? Push your limits. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Like usually I have, it's like a lot of like pep talk, a lot of like, you got to do it. You have to do it. You need to do it. Like you want to do it. Like all of those things of just like whatever it takes to just like move the hand, you know? Um, and then, yeah, for me, just like a lot of revisiting things that I like, you know, to like remind myself what I've done in the past. Um, like every so often I will go on this, like, <laughs> I'll like look back at all the things that I've written or I'll look back at my old photography or something just to like kind of spark that of like, you're capable of doing pretty much anything that you want in the creative way. So it's like, okay, here's your chance. Like here's, here's like the next thing that you're supposed to do. Um, so like in acting, if I'm, if I'm needing to push myself, I'll have to go back and watch some of my other tapes that I've done or like where I'm getting. Um, like critique basically. Um, and then listening to the feedback and like taking that in and then like watching the change and then like being like, okay, like we could, we did it then. Like we can do it again now and be able to like push, push yourself into, into that place. Um, push is kind of like a harsh word. I wouldn't always say that I like push myself. Um, I guide myself into the place, mm. you know, like a, like a, like well, a you little... like listening to your inner voice a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I try to. I try to stay in touch with that um, because I feel like I ignored it for so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there like a particular like setup that you have to like hear your voice better? Like, do you have to have like a hot shower or like does it have to be first thing in the morning? Or is it like when you're outside walking? Like, when do you hear that voice strongly? Um. Oh, it's so random. It's so <laughs> random. Like literally when I was watching, I didn't expect to like Pinocchio that much. I didn't, I honestly was like thinking it was going to be kind of lame, you know? So it's like moments like that where you're just like, life just like blows you away. You know, it's like, it just shows you something that you didn't expect you were going to see. So I think it's, it's always, and it's random, but I think I, it's because I'm open to accepting that it is random. Like if I feel like if I wasn't, then I would be looking, I would only be, feeling like I can find it if I took a shower. You know what I mean? Like I took a hot shower because I only ever found my good ideas in a hot shower. Like, I don't think we work like that. I think that's the ideas that we notice. Um, but if you're open to noticing it in, in the most random places, I think that's when like, like for example, okay. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this, but I, I have been thinking about writing a screenplay. Um, and Nestor and I have honestly like been talking about writing something for a very long time. Um, but he inspired me to get into a specific genre of film that I don't really want to like spoil too much of it. Cause I really do want to like keep it for myself and like work on it. Um, but I, because I've had this slot and I've been like really marinating on it, I'm getting all of these ideas like from random sources uh, because I'm like, I, I'm not, looking for the idea but i'm like okay what is the idea give me a, give me the idea what is the idea where are we going what is the thing you know and i'm like seeing it in different places like is that the idea no that doesn't feel right that's okay you know just kind of like living 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 oh there's there's a cool idea oh i kind of like that but maybe i'll change it here and kind of incorporate it so i think it's like the more open you are to like finding it wherever i think that's when you you kind of like it just kind of like your creativity stays around, uh, I think, a little bit longer because you're like working on something in your head. 
yeah, that's such a good thought. Like you have to have more openness. Like I think it's the same concept of, are you a creative person? Like, well, did you open your heart, your mind, your eyes to that possibility? Yeah. And same thing goes with like where you're getting your inspiration, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Inspiration's literally everywhere. Um, Sometimes it is the same movie or same book over and over again. And sometimes it's just like you saw something on the corner of the street that just gave you a good idea. Totally. So I guess the moral of the story is keep your eyes open because creativity is literally everywhere and you don't know when it's going to click for you. A good movie for that that I think like, like visually encapsulates that is the movie August Rush. Hmm. Do you remember that movie? It's no. so good. It's one of my f- it's one of my freaking favorites. I love it. it makes me cry. Um, um, I'm pretty sure he's coded autistic too. But basically, it's this kid who was like born by two musician parents who were like, um, it was kind of like forbidden romance kind of thing. And then like the mom gave birth and like thought the dad. Like, I don't want to spoil it too much, but anyways, so this kid like grows up without his parents, but he was like born from two musician parents and he's like, music is everywhere. Music is in me. And he like starts composing music with like the air, with the streets, with like people walking by. And he's like, you can see him like composing music and it's like the most beautiful thing. But I think that like encapsulates like literally like creativity is everywhere. You just have to like, like look, feel it and then like use it. Anyways, that's gonna make that's me. That's so beautiful. But, that's like so yeah. perfect. So hopefully it's we like, gave gave the cocoa something to really yeah, yes. Really take away like, in this one. For this one, this is like a very heartfelt episode because I think we did some more specific episodes where, you know, I talked about like ambition, hustle culture, and like how I've been trapped in that cycle and how like other people are trapped. And then you talked about more like nuanced type of topics. And I think this is more just like us, like letting go and being like, Hey, like all these things aside, we're, we're, we're the human experience of creativity and you all have it. So it's really, I don't know. It's just like a very personal and yeah, I feel good. I feel great. I feel like creatively energized like just having this conversation i know i'm like ooh, i know oh okay we're gonna have to keep going we're gonna have to keep this energy going um to the cocos i hope this like kicks off your week um we're one week away from thanksgiving literally um when this episode comes out next week is thanksgiving we will have a thanksgiving special episode um so if you thought you wouldn't listen to us on thanksgiving day you thought wrong Because we're going to give you something to listen to (laughs) with your family or friends or by yourself or whatever um, on Thanksgiving Day. Um, Yes. And also, isn't that our like anniversary type of... Kind of. Yeah. It's like like our anniversary is right in between that episode and the episode that comes out like the first week of December. Um, So we're going to... We're going to have two specials in a row. We're going to have a Thanksgiving special, which is just something silly and fun for you to like be entertained with. And then we're going to do our anniversary special the week after. Um, and we have huge giveaway information. Um, before we end the episode, we should probably tell you guys, um, you probably heard an ad, uh, in the middle of this episode talking about puzzle puzzles. Um, but if you would like to win, um, all you have to do is, uh, leave a review for the podcast. Uh, it has to be a written review. 
Um, so just leave a five stars or two stars or 18 stars, but it has to have some words with it alongside it. And then you'll be entered. Um, and we will choose our giveaway, um, the week of Christmas probably, or the week of January 1st, something like that. Um, yeah. I don't think we actually nailed that down. (laughs) We didn't really nail it down, but we're going to leave it open for a couple of weeks because, um, well, we don't want you to wait forever, but at the same time, it's a pretty awesome gift. And I think, uh, if you're keen to get a puzzle puzzle before the giveaway, please don't wait because we do have our uh, promo code for 20% off and you should use that. It's, uh, these are honestly so freaking adorable and super aesthetic. It's going to be the perfect gift for all your girlies, all your, you know, friends that you, you're like, "Mm, I need to get something cute, but I don't want to spend a million dollars. It's honestly so perfect. You get that for them. You're done and dusted. It wraps up perfectly because it's a square little box. Do it. It's so cute. Yeah. You have to get these. Um, Yes. So if you can't wait, go ahead, buy one for yourself. But if you're like, I'm going to try them all. I'm going to win the giveaway and, and they're all coming to me. Then you enter, you write your give, your review and you're going to hopefully win the giveaway. So we'll give you a, we'll give you a closing date, hopefully at the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, exactly. So TBD, this is, this is for the early listeners. This is kind of like the first you're really hearing about it. Um, we dropped it in last week's episode, but uh, yeah, a little bit more detail here and a little bit more detail next week. So thanks for listening. Um, this has been the Coconut Grove Podcast. You can follow us at Coconut Grove Pod. You can follow me at Katie Dessen and Ashley at Ashley Hansen. Uh, follow us on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. If you watch this episode, hi. Uh, and if you listened, go watch it because Ashley showed some stuff that you probably want to see visually. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so and much you for listening. Like, subscribe, all those one, one Rate, things. review, send to your friends, screenshot, let everybody know that you love being a Coco and that you also love Uggs. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Bye.